So how do we get through times of adversity? That's what I'd like to speak on today. Uh, Jesus told us plainly, even as his followers, that while we're in the world, we will have trouble. We're going to face hardship, we're going to face difficulties, even as followers of Christ. It does not spare us from these hardships. And the Bible is actually a chronicle of people facing various types of adversity, from Adam and Eve uh, to King David, onto the prophets Elisha and Elijah, and uh, to Malachi, and in the New Testament from uh, John and Peter and James, and then on to the Apostle Paul, and even to this very day. So we have that historical record of people of faith who have talked about and written about how as they go through these times of adversity, they still have experienced the hand of God and the presence of God. What I'd like for us to think about today, obviously we all know the main adversity that the world is facing right now with the COVID-19, the coronavirus, Um, but I want us to think about other types of adversity that we face because Regardless of this, we're all facing different types of hardships, even as everybody is facing this adversity. So some adversities that we go through in life are a result of our own bad choices, our own bad behaviors, and that causes it to come upon us. Sometimes we go through times of adversity because of the bad behavior or the bad choices of others, and yet we're affected by it. And then there's other kinds of adversity like what we're going through right now in the world that is just part of the natural order of things. But then there's also an adversity that we go through in the midst of all those things that has the spiritual dynamic. There are supernatural forces at work as well, and I'm going to be speaking more on that next week as we continue this series on Christ being our hero and how he faced adversity. But today... I just want to uh, continue to remind you of what the Bible says in Nahum chapter 1, verse 7. It says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust him. The Bible reveals the written testimony about thousands of witnesses through history from every generation who have experienced hardship and difficulty. And as people of the nation of Israel were walking up to the temple, it was located, it was elevated on a hill. And so as they would walk up to the temple to worship, they would sing songs to get them ready. And in fact, some of the psalms that we have in the Bible are called, they're referred to as Song of Ascent. You'll even see that when you're reading the scripture uh, right after it gives you what the psalm is, the title of the psalm. So in Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2, It's a song of ascents, and it says this, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So where do you look to in times of trouble, and what ultimately do you depend on? Carmen mentioned the one verse that's been on her mind a lot this week. It's actually found in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6, and it reminds us of the importance of trusting God no matter what we're going through. And it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. 
In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. So if we want to know how to advance through adversity, it has to begin with this basic understanding of even though we have all of these questions about why am I going through this or why is this happening, if we can maintain our trust in the Lord through it all, even with what we don't understand, he, by his Holy Spirit, will direct circumstances and things not only that are within our control, that are beyond our control, and he will begin to guide our steps to get us through the adversity. And this is what we need to remember as a church right now in these very trying times. I hear a lot of people on the news talk about the uncertainty. There's things that we don't know about this virus. There's things we don't know about how to treat it. We don't know how this is going to totally affect the economy. It's affected it greatly now, but we don't know what the future holds. But Christ, as the old song says, holds the future. And if we will continue to not only just trust in our understanding and even question what we don't understand, but trust Christ, he will work in ways, even with all that we don't know in our uncertainty, and he will guide us in ways that we don't even understand. So the main thing is to keep trusting Christ. Sometimes when we go through adversity, and if it lasts a very long time, we begin to get frustrated. I know in my own life when I've gone through long times of trials and difficulties, I've literally like prayed and said, God, how long is this going to go on? I don't understand. Why, why don't you just make this go away? Uh, and it's been various things throughout my life, whether it's been an issue with, with health or with situations that I've been going through that really I had no control over. But it's a natural thing. If things go on for a long time, we can get angry, we get upset, and we start to question, how long is this going to go on? How long am I going to have to go through this? Well, I don't know about you, but I think Psalm 42, verses 3 through 5, expresses it pretty well. Listen to what the psalmist writes. He says, My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? I love the honesty of that, because there are times, even as followers of Christ, when we don't feel his presence, that sometimes we ask that question, Lord, Lord, where are you? And because we're sorrowful, it's a reminder to others and to us that we have these fears and these questions. But then it goes on and it says, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept the pilgrim feast. We, we can kind of relate to that right now because we're not able to gather together corporately but we still need to continue to worship the Lord, and we're finding those ways to do it. And then the psalmist asks this question, even thinking about the trouble and the fear and the doubt that they have. Why are you cast down on my soul, and why are you so disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. That's a looking forward to the time that no matter what we go through, there is a future time that God's presence is helping us now, but there's going to be a coming time when literally we will be able to be in his presence face to face, we'll be helped with his countenance. Uh, again, that's that idea of just being able to view somebody uh, directly as they're looking at you and having this relationship. So what can we learn from great people of faith in God uh, as 
they have gone through times is they also have been honest about their feelings. They've been honest about their fears, yet they kept their hope in God no matter what. So let me ask you this question. What is your attitude right now as you go through this time of adversity? Because really the first step in advancing through adversity is to arrange your attitude rightly. I like what the Apostle Paul says when he writes it this way in Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 through 15. He says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things, all of this, through Christ who gives me strength. So we need to remember that, that phrase that people use a lot, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Sometimes I think that's misquoted uh, in ways saying, well, you know, God gives me these uh, super abilities to do things that I normally wouldn't be able to do. And he does do that. But really, when the Apostle Paul wrote this, he was going through a really tough time of adversity. And he was thankful that whether he had had times of plenty or times of scarcity, God had gotten him through it all. God had given him the strength when he felt like he didn't have the strength to go on. God gave him the strength to get through it. And that's what I believe the Lord is speaking to us today. It's what he's speaking to his church. It's what he wants his church to speak to the world. Turn to Christ. Trust Christ through this time. And we need to be reflecting that in our attitude as his followers, even as we're honest about our feelings. Years ago, my mother, who had had a lifetime of health issues, she uh, encountered a heart attack. And it was really scary for her, for myself and my wife, Julie. And we uh, took her to the hospital, actually, as she was having uh, these chest pains. Uh, we hurried up and rushed her to the hospital. And while we were there in the emergency room, back in one of the exam rooms, and she was literally having a hard time breathing, and she was having that pain in her chest. Still in the midst of all of that, she said, you know, there's one thing that I just keep thinking about, and it's been on my mind all this week. It's, it's that passage in the Bible that says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Now, my mom struggled with her faith off and on over the years, but I know when she spoke those words to me, that meant so much to me because I knew that even in her pain and the uncertainty of what was going to happen to her, she was finding comfort in trusting the Lord. And in fact, that passage is in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31, and it says this, Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he never faints nor is weary, his understanding is unsearchable. And then it goes on and it says, he gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. I think these are words that we need to be reminded of as we go through this time of adversity again as a nation and as followers of Christ. We need to make sure that we are taking steps 
we're waiting, and that, that word waiting on the Lord doesn't mean that we're just sitting around doing nothing, but it means that we're hoping and we're looking expressly toward God as we're taking these steps of faith, doing our part and trusting God to do his part. In Isaiah chapter 29, or, or 26, verse 3, it says this, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast, because they trust in you. The thing that keeps our minds steadfast is because our minds are fixed on the hope of Christ, the strength that he gives us, and the presence uh, that we can experience through his Holy Spirit working in our life. And that can help us to stay calm even when everything around us seems to be going crazy. God will help us be a perfect peace and keep our minds steadfast because we trust in him. Well, the second thing that can help us to advance through adversity, it's kind of broken up into some, some sub-things to think about. And the first thing that we need to do is if we're going to advance through adversity and get through this is we need to learn to order our activity. Or again, just making sure that we're reprioritizing and we're asking ourselves the right questions so that then we can take the appropriate actions. Because again, not only your attitude affects how you will get through this, but also your actions will affect the outcome of this adversity that we're going through. So the first step we need to take to order our actions and prioritize things is to just look inward. We need to learn to ask ourselves some questions, like is this thing that I'm going through now, is there something that's, that I've done that's making this worse? Or is there something I've done that has caused this? Either way, so even if you didn't cause it, if you're reacting in a way that's making it worse for you or your family or those around you, then you need to ask yourself the question, what can I do to change? And then you also need to ask yourself the question, what help do I need from God right now? I gotta stop relying just on myself or everyone else, but what do I need from God? And then of course, God provides, he works through people, and so we do need to look around for help that others provide, because many times that's how God works. In fact, that's, that's the way he works. So we need to ask ourselves the question, well, what kind of help do I need from others? Sometimes it's hard for us to ask for help, but God puts us in each other's lives so that we can help each other. But what if the hardship or the adversity that we're going through is not our fault? What if it's circumstances beyond our control? Then you still need to ask yourself this question and think about it. What steps can I take right now that are in my control? Help me to see what I can control and what I can do and then to take that step in faith, trusting God, and then Lord, I'll leave the rest up to you. Once you've answered those questions, the second thing you need to do, and really it kind of goes along with it, is you need to look upward. So after we've examined ourselves and done some honest reflection and asked questions, then we need to look upward to God. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18, it says this, because he, talking about Jesus Christ, himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus understands what it's like to go through times of trial and suffering. Uh, he understands what it's like to be in pain uh, to go without food, to go without drink, to feel abandoned, to feel isolated. 
And because Christ went through this as he came to earth and took on flesh and blood and bone and walked among us to experience life as a human being, it was also to relate to us, not only so that we could relate to him, but so he could relate to us in these new ways. But he wants us to know that he understands. So you can come to Christ and call out to him for help because he has gone through the same things and he does understand what you're going through. In James chapter four, verse 10, it says this, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. And one of the things often that uh, a crisis or a tragedy does in our lives and in the world is it causes us to realize how fragile life really is. Again, I've just thought about that in these last couple of weeks. Uh, We went from a month ago, two months ago, to having many things that we just didn't really even think about. Um, And now we all have begun to realize how fragile the supply chain is, uh, how fragile the things that we're able to enjoy every day can just quickly disappear. And so we need to, number one, reprioritize the way that we think and, and give thanks for those everyday things. It gives us a chance to really begin to appreciate what's really important in life. But also when those things are taken away from us, and we don't have those things to depend on, it ought to cause us to humble ourselves before God and to say, okay, Lord, you've got my attention. Help me to focus on my relationship with you right now and what you want to speak to me through this time. That's why James chapter four, verses seven and eight says this, submit yourselves uh, then to God. So that's the first step. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And I'm gonna talk more about that next week in the Hero series, how Jesus faced the adversary Satan and other adversaries. But it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Okay, sorry, I got to chuckle there. (laughs) Because I read that scripture now in a whole new light with what we're being told in the medical community. (laughs) Wash your hands, you know, 20 seconds every day. So I'm not making light of this, but it really helps you read the scripture in a new way. Wash your hands, you sinners, (laughs) and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, even though I'm making a little bit of light about that, here's what's important. That scripture verse is telling us to not just talk about changing your ways, but literally take action on it. Do something about it. So in the same way medically that we have always been told, hey, you ought to use good hygiene and you need to protect yourselves and others from germs that you carry and that others carry, so we should wash our hands. Well, now I think we're getting it. We're getting the message of how important that is. Well, spiritually speaking, it's the same way. Talk doesn't mean a whole lot if it's not followed up with action. So when we humble ourselves and submit ourselves to God, we really need to begin to take some new actions about it. So one of the things that many people are concerned about through this time particularly with um, some of the ways that things have been shut down and requested for people to distance themselves and stay home, uh, places of work have been shut down to help prevent the spread of this virus Many people are concerned, like, you know, what am I going to do with my time? Uh, I I know people that are sports fans on ESPN. I've just noticed when I go there, they're showing reruns of of games years ago. And I'm thinking, really? Really? Is this all you've got to turn to since there's no sports now? You're going to watch something that happened 20 years ago? But again, it's what people are used to. It's their default mode. Well, 
what we need to do if we're really serious about growing, people a lot of times say, I, I, I wish I could feel closer to God. I want to get closer to God. Well, God's got our attention now, or at least he's trying to get our attention. And so what you can do with your time right now is to spend time listening to his word, listening to teaching. Use this time of being unemployed or laid off or, or in quarantine or whatever it is to feed your soul. It's part of what uh, God meant when he spoke and he said, be still and know that I'm God. He didn't mean just keep your mouth shut. I mean, that's part of it. We need to listen. But he meant in your quiet time, be open to what he is speaking to you. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, it's been our theme verse really for this year. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So use this time to not only do it for yourself, but take some family time. If you've got kids or grandkids that you're taking care of or helping during this time, instead of just turning it on some station and watching cartoons all the time, not that there's anything wrong with that, but intentionally carve out time to help them to learn about God's word because there's plenty of resources out there that are available. There's really no excuse for us not doing this. Jesus speaks these words in John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I think it's interesting that Jesus used that phraseology, don't let your heart be troubled. Because Jesus understands that that is the natural thing, the natural tendency is when adversity comes, when trouble comes upon us, our default reaction is to be troubled, to be worried, to be upset. And what Jesus is saying is you have a choice there. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't go to that default mode. Don't let yourself be afraid. Trust in me. I'm giving you a peace the world cannot give. In fact, that's what he says a little bit further as words are recorded in John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I've spoken to you that in me you might have peace. While you are in the world, you will have tribulation. You'll have trouble. But be of good cheer or take courage. I've overcome the world. Here's the, here's the facts. Jesus came into this world because he loves you and I. Jesus came to reveal God in the flesh to us that we might know truly who God is and how much he loves us. And he died on the cross for your sins, for your failures, for your fears, for your inadequacies. He gave his life to show how much he loves you and to the great lengths that he would go to to free you from those fears and to give you a peace the world cannot give and to show you how much he loves you. But he didn't stop there. When he gave his life and he died on the cross and he was placed in the tomb, three days later, he showed that he had the power to overcome death itself and that through faith in him as his followers, we too can overcome death. So even when we go through times of adversity, as scary as it is, and even if it would end in death, we know in Christ we have a hope not only in this life but beyond this life forever and ever and ever, and that is a peace that this world cannot give. And this is what Christ wants to remind us. He overcame death and he walked out of the tomb so you can have his power to face whatever adversity you're going through. But then when he ascended back into heaven, he didn't leave us alone. He sent his Holy Spirit into the world right now. He's indwelling my soul 
and my spirit. He's indwelling the soul and the spirit of any who would open their life to him, trust him as savior, trust him as their hero, uh, the true hero, the true savior of the world. In Romans chapter eight, verses 35 through 39, it says this, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, oh, listen to this, because this is kind of crazy. It is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Talk about hardship and difficulty. But then the Apostle Paul writes, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, not angels or demons, some Bible verses say principalities, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Did you get that? Even through times of adversity, when we're afraid, when we're scared, the scripture is reassuring us and Jesus is reassuring us, it's not gonna change my love for you. I love you in the midst of this adversity. And there is nothing that this world can throw at you that is gonna separate me from you and my love for you. So trust in my love, trust in me. And that brings me to the final thing I want us to think about today is if we wanna really advance uh, through this and we're really trying to reprioritize and order our actions, we need to look inward, we need to look upward, and then we need to also reach outward. Avoid the urge to stay self-focused and inward-focused. As we go through this time of protecting ourselves and protecting others, look for ways that we can reach out and help people who are in need. We need to continue to stay connected as much as we can like we're doing using social media and the technology and, and the things that are there for us. But I want you to know this, you are not alone. We are all going through this together and so we all need to think about that, think about others, and see what we can do to continue to reach out with Christ's love. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. So through this time, serve in any way you can, give in any way you can, contribute, even in your times of lack. We see often in the scriptures people who were going through hardships and troubles, and even in their lack and what they didn't have, they were still willing to give of what they had to help someone else and to do it for the glory of God and the love of Christ. God uses adversity to get our attention, but he also uses adversity to get our attention uh, so that we'll reorder our priorities, and then he also uses adversity so that he calls us to himself, so that we would take the time to stop from all the distractions and hear his voice, hear his spirit speaking to us, and be willing to come to him. Satan uses adversity to draw us away from God, to get us worried and fearful and distracted. And again, I'll talk more about that next week, but God uses adversity to draw us to him. 
James chapter 1, verse 12 says this, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive a crown of life that the Lord has promised, promised to those who love him. So even if adversity ends in physical death, for those who've trusted and followed Christ, there is a great reward, a great blessing awaiting us. So why should we follow Christ through times of adversity? Because it's worth it. The blessings and the reward and the peace that he can give in the midst of our troubling times is worth it. Nahum chapter 1 verse 7 says this, The Lord is good. He is good. And he is a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust him. Are you trusting him? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us through this time to continue to have the right attitude. Lord, help us to readjust our priorities through this time to realize the things that you're trying to show us and teach us. Thank you for your believers, your followers all around the world. Thank you for churches that during this time are not being silent. Thank you for the services they're continuing to provide in their communities, though it's not on the news a lot. Lord, your church is active in the world, and we want to continue to honor you. So help us, Lord. Protect us as we serve you, and help us to be willing, even as you did, to put ourselves on the line for the good of others. And I pray that through that, Lord, you'll touch the hearts of those that we're serving and ministering to, that this world will truly see the love that you have for us and the victory that you give us, no matter what we go through. Right now, Lord, if there's any listening to this message who have not opened their life to you and put their trust in you. Help them right now to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I'm putting my trust in you right now. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for rising again. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Help me, Lord. I receive you as my Savior. I open my life to your Holy Spirit. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit and with your presence. Help me, Lord, through this time to just remember how good you are and that you are a stronghold in the day of trouble. And Lord, you know who trusts in you, so help me now to trust you. And Lord, I pray this for all of us who have placed our trust in you, that we'll continue to model faithfully what you want us to do and that we'll be an inspiration to the world for your glory and for the world's good. In Jesus' name, amen.